Okay, this speech is for the women or men that put on a uniform and make themselves look presentable every day for work. To the men and women who serve others with pride and oftentimes see us at our worst moments. I will be giving my tribute speech today on the workers and EMS, specifically EMTs and paramedics and dispatchers. Just some background information, EMS stands for Emergency Medical Services. From the time something wrong happens, you pick up your phone and dial 911. The dispatcher takes down your information and sends it out to local authorities, those being fire departments, police, or private ambulance. From there, the call is transmitted and the authorities go to that location, provide on-scene care, and then transfer you wherever it may be that you need to go. But let's stay on the sidelines for a bit. Let's see what happens in the point of view of the dispatcher taking that call. Dispatchers work 12-hour shifts. That's 12 hours of sitting, locating where you are, having multiple monitors, and figuring out who should be sent to you. At times, it's overwhelming. They're just as scared as you are, and there are days that are really tough. From the moment they answer the call, the clock starts. Where are you, and how can they help? Furthermore, the ambulance that was sent to your location by dispatch, if it was an emergency, drove with lights and sirens. Although you may not know it, with the information that dispatch gave them, they mentally prepared themselves for what they might be seeing and what the tr best treatment may be. On arrival, they greet you and assess the problem at hand. Yes, they're scared too, but they don't show that. They hold your hand while you cry. They lift you up even when their backs are aching at times. And they reassure you that what you're doing, what that they're doing everything they can to make sure you're okay. Furthermore, being an EMT or paramedic comes with liability. Ways to avoid lawsuits are making sure patient care reports are accurate and performing within their scope. These are things that they must keep in mind. Nevertheless, EMTs and paramedics are our heroes when it comes to being there for us emotionally, physically, and mentally at times. But let's go once again and see what happens behind the scenes. EMTs and paramedics also work 12-hour shifts and sometimes don't have lunch breaks. They're expected to be knowledgeable in their drugs and know exact doses. They can contact medical control for information or questions relating to drugs, but they need to have a basic understanding of other medications other than what they can give. They must be careful when driving at faster speeds, especially with a patient on board. Moreover, having good judgment and making sure the scene is safe is key. These brave men and women are people who remove their feelings from the situation and understand yours. They do not judge or make you feel inferior. As I mentioned earlier, EMS workers hear, see, and replay things in their head that may have happened years ago. Some seek therapy to help them get through situations they've been in, and that's okay. We all need to heal, and it's normal to tell someone about our situations and help us figure out what to do. But sometimes EMS workers take their lives because it's too much. It's unfortunate, but it has happened to some. What we should know is that although they put on a brave face for you, there's a likelihood that they could be hurting. Interestingly enough, the pay range for an EMT is around 12 to $13, whereas paramedic is 15 to 16. So you can see how low the pay is, but many don't do it for the check. Many do it for to help those in need, to be the first ones on scene and assuring that they, can make that they can make it to where the patient can receive further care. To conclude, Let's remember to thank someone who works in EMS. Remember to thank that EMT who helped your grandma get up when she fell down the stairs. Remember to thank that paramedic who drove you safely, the dispatcher who took your call at 1 a.m. and helped you remain calm. All of the thank yous may seem insignificant or that smile so minimal, but play a big role in letting everyone know we're all here for each other. So to the EMTs and paramedics, dispatchers, we notice and we appreciate you. Thank you. So this one's a real shocker, I know. But today I'll be paying tribute to cats. First off, I'd like to start off by saying I have two beautiful cats at home, one of which you'll see in this presentation. Her name is Ellie. I'll get there when I get there. And the other one, I love him to pieces, but he doesn't fit in here. He doesn't fit in at home either. But his name is Mufasa, obviously after the Lion King, because he's my little lion. So first off, I'm going to start by reading a poem to you guys that comes from memoryalphafandom.com, which
which this is a poem from Star Trek, guys. Okay, so bear with me. Felis catus is your taxonomic nomenclature, an endothermic quadruped carnivorous by nature. Your visual, olfactory, and auditory senses contribute to your hunting skills and natural defenses. I find myself intrigued by your subvocal oscillations, a singular development of your cat communications that obviates your basic hedonistic predilection for a rhythmic stroking of your fur to demonstrate affection. A tail is quite essential for your acrobatic talents. You would not be so agile if you lacked its counterbalance. And when not being utilized to aid in locomotion, it often serves to illustrate the state of your emotion. Oh, pet cat, the complex levels of behavior you display connote a fairly well-developed cognitive array. And though you are not sentient cat and you do not comprehend, I nonetheless consider you a true and valued friend. So that poem was actually um, a poem by the Star Trek Next Generation character, Data, who you can see right here. He called this poem an ode to Spot, who is this beautiful little kitty right here, his cat, <laughs> obviously. And what I find most interesting about this is Data is not a human character. Data is an artificial intelligence, or an AI, if you will. So essentially what Star Trek is suggesting is that even computers, albeit fictional ones, have an appreciation for cats, which is why you should too. Cats have been admired and adored for centuries. Appreciation for cats is old news, guys, like dating way back to ancient times. Egyptians believed that cats, that's Ellie, by the way, that's my cat Ellie, I love her. Um, <laughs> Egyptians believed that cats were actu actually served as guides to the underworld or the afterlife. And you can see in this picture right here that this cat is dressed up in a bunch of um, gold pieces that are symbolic of ancient Egyptian mm, respect for cats, I could say. What actually Ellie has on here is known as an ankh, A-N-K-H, and that's something my dad actually bought for her because he's really into ancient Egyptian history. And the Ankh is an ancient Egyptian, ancient Egyptian symbol for um, life. So, doesn't she look cute? Cats have been admired and adored for way longer than we've known them. They've been around for, oh God, a long time. <laughs> um, Cats provide great comfort to us, as you can see in these pictures. Cats can be used for therapy. They can, use, can be used as emotional support animals. Um, cats provide humans great comfort with their soft purr, with their soft fur and sweet purrs. And, oh my God, I just love cats. Without cats, our hearts would have a hole to fill in them, especially mine. Mine would have a giant hole because I have two cats. But that's it, that's my tribute to cats, guys. I'm just going to leave that up there until the next person. Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Gabriel Sanchez. And <coughs> while I was writing the speech, I thought, you know, I could be like a literary genius and write a beautifully flowery essay about like the class system and how my parents are like defying that. Um, but I decided against that mostly because that takes a lot of energy. And there are only so many words to say I love my parents. But I also thought that plain language would probably tell it best. Um, and I also specifically wanted to do uh, an essay about my parents because lately I haven't said thank you or I love you enough, so I thought this would be a good way to show that. My mom's name is Mary Jo and my dad's name is Rafael. My dad's from Mexico and my mom's from the local area. And they're two people who don't really preach to their children, but they show them and teach them by what they do. And they've probably taught me three major life lessons that I carry with me on a daily basis and will carry with me for the rest of my life. Um, one being that hard work is necessary for, for a whole life and a like, happy heart. My dad is a laborer. He does construction. He's a landscaper. And oftentimes, 
people make fun of him because he takes a lot of pride in his work and also people say he's giving into stereotypes but it's something my dad loves with his whole entire heart he could talk to you about trimming trees and cutting grass and setting up floral arrangements all day long and he just loves it so much and my mom's a baker she um, manages a bake shop for Julasco and while though although she sometimes says she's getting undercut or that she's doing more than her pay grade she takes a lot of pride in her work as well I mean she's talked to me all the time about the kind of bread she makes the kind of sweets and confections she makes and she knows so much about it and she just takes so much pride in what she does and what really inspires me is just how hard they work um, my dad obviously came from Mexico when he was 16 so he doesn't have that much money and we still you know scrape by like most people do um, but at times they work for like 15 or 16 hours a day and they really push me to try my best but also to teach me that this is a good way to go about life but also working hard in other ways the second thing they taught me is um, to be generous um, my dad says a lot that whenever he gets a little he gives a little which usually you hear give a little get a little um, get a little give a little I think it's a target thing um, but like I said my family doesn't come from much money and we we scrape by you know we don't have a nice house we don't have nice cars my parents work all the time so they're often covered in dirt or flour and we just they just give all the time and they have opened their home to all my dad's family to our friends and neighbors even at times when we like couldn't pay our bills but we just wanted to have a full and happy home and the memories I have from my childhood from just being surrounded by people who were happy to be around and my parents just filling their home um, is another thing I'll carry with me forever and the final thing is that when you get knocked down to always get back up my parents especially recently have taken a lot of hits both from work and in life in general and my mom often says you, you know you move one step forward and get pushed two steps back um, but my parents are never afraid to keep taking that one step forward regardless of whether they're getting pushed back or not and I think a lot of times in my life I'm afraid to try because I've seen how much my parents struggle but seeing how happy they are regardless of the fact that they've been kicked down so many times really helped me to continue moving forward and to try my best no matter how things turn out because it's always about how you do things not what you get from them and I just love them a lot and I think I don't say it enough and say it that often but they've done so much for me and I really appreciate everything they do and they look great I mean look at that smile um, but yeah I love my parents Okay, so I wanted to just start off by saying hi, my name's Dora. Um, hi. <laughs> um, so I kind of just wanted to talk about um, basically the definition of a phenomenal woman and the phenomenal woman that um, I got to experience in my life. So um, there's a website titled Amazing Women Rock, and basically they define a phenomenal woman as... Um, it can be any woman, shape or size, um, religion, age, sexual orientation, um, no matter the family she's born into or the color of the skin, it's just by how she presents herself and how she carries her family. And um, I just want to talk about that, basically that woman that applies to that definition in my life. So uh, that's gonna be my great grandmother who recently passed away a year ago. Um, her name's Espinolia Patton, and I just kind of want to give some backstory onto her life and um, what she did growing up around my age and basically her life up until when she passed. So she was first born in Tennessee, which is very um, country for me. Whenever she was alive, she talked country. She has a very thick country accent, she, southern food, everything just everything country that you think the stereotypical country person, that's her. Um, she grew up basically in the 1920s, so around that time, there was still like 
cotton picking, slaving down south. And uh, one thing that I do remember her telling me is that when around when she was 13, usually everybody's in eighth grade or seventh grade and they're going to school, but she went to school during the day and she was cotton picking at night. So it was that was really something crazy to me because people really think that, you know, a lot of slavery things are a lot like farther away from us, but it's really like, it's really connected. Um, but yeah, so that's what she did when she was about 13. And then um, I think she told me when she was about 16, she moved to Chicago. And that's when she got married to my great grandfather when she was 16. So that's pretty young because I'm 18. I'm not even married. Um, and then when she turned 16 and got married, uh, she had about nine kids. So um, my grandmother, she falls in the middle. I think she's a middle child. So my great-grandmother had um, six girls, three boys. So, um, and I'll just go ahead and say the name of those boys. Uh, so the boys are going to be my Uncle Clayton, my Uncle um, Martel, and my Uncle Curtis. And then my grandmother's name is Aura. So... I kind of come from her, but really I want to touch back on to why she is a phenomenal woman in my life. So anytime I needed something, I always went to her. She was always that person that I go to, to whenever I was getting to my mom or whenever I was getting to my grandma, she was always the person that would be the peacemaker. And we've always had family parties at her house and we've always just this is like our mom mom like this is a mom we go to and um her she just lived a really good life um another thing about her is that she's always worked a lot uh she used to work in a factory for about a couple years and from what my grandmother tells me that they were basically home by themselves so she would go to the factory work like 12 hours a day and then go home to her nine kids so I can tell that that'd be a lot on her um yeah uh she's just a really good person a really good woman and I don't know it, it's really touchy for me to talk about her because she was just a really influential person in my life she's the reason why I'm doing the things that I'm doing she's the reason why I'm pushing myself so hard for school and everything. But yeah, that's my phenomenal woman in my life. So thank you. So um, just before I start, I might be asking you guys for some input on this because I'm going to be using some pieces for the honors pending speech. I don't know if anybody is or you guys are going to that. So yay, okay, cool. <laughs> All right. I really got to stop doing that. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. As finals come around and the cramming begins, today I wanted to give a tribute to us, especially to those that are graduating or transferring soon. So to my right, I have a picture of um, graduation from high school, actually. And I really love this picture, and it's something that kind of pushes me during my classes every day. A lot of people underestimate what it's like to be the importance of graduating with an associate's degree and um, for me it's more than just graduating with my courses it's also graduating after accomplishing the things I did here at Moraine Valley and so for me graduation is very symbolic. Many of us already know what our next steps will be and some of us are still making decisions but we all know that the journey of our future will require tremendous amounts of work. What is work and why do we do it? Why do we stay up late at night studying? Why do we pick up extra hours and work overtime? Why do we care so much about the quality of what we produce? In his poem on work, Khalil Gibran answers this question beautifully. Work is love made visible. We work out of love for our families. Every day I get to go home to people that I love and that love me in return. As the eldest of four, my siblings can be a pain, but they're my best friends. My father immigrated to America alone at 18, while my mom was the first in her entire family to attend college. Both have built successful careers for themselves and stable, loving lives for their children. We work out of love for our friends. 
My friends are the people that don't need to be blood to be family. And through thick and thin, I would have never achieved so much without the support of our friendship. We work out of love for those who teach us. <laughs> From coaches to teachers to counselors to bosses, I appreciate every person that went the extra mile to make sure that I had everything I needed to succeed. Whether it was teaching me something new or just sitting me down and having a real talk, the people that have guided me are irreplaceable. We work out of love for our communities and our roots. I've got my Palestine hat on today, so I figured I'd represent a little bit. Um, each of us comes from a unique place and made of unique experiences. I'm a Muslim Palestinian American hijab wearing female entering the STEM world. We each have others that we stand for and represent and we are all similar in that we are all different. We work out of love for America. So many people have fought and died to give me the opportunities that I have today and so many prior generations have shaped our nation into what it is, just like Gora, how you talked about it with your great-grandmother. Today we are further empowering ourselves to contribute to America in our own way with every class that we take and every assignment that we submit. We work out of love for ourselves. We deserve careers that we enjoy and find fulfilling and a life of comfort and love for ourselves and our future families. We've invested in ourselves and we need to make every struggle that we faced worth it. And so to my family, my friends, my teacher, my community, and of course, my parents and classmates, thank you for you guys giving me the gift of education and empowering me to turn my love into work. So before I, just to conclude, I wanted to give you guys a few lines from the poem that I mentioned earlier. Life is indeed darkness, save when there is urge, and all urge is blind, save when there is knowledge. And all knowledge is vain, save when there is work, and all work is empty, save when there is love. And when you, bind, when you, when you work with love, you bind yourself to yourself and to one another. So as you push yourself through your final study sessions and all-nighters, remember to show your love to the world. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> okay, so I didn't realize that I had to write a speech and last minute, so bear with me. So there are many people in our lives that can inspire us in many ways. These people could be our parents, siblings, teachers, coaches, or pretty much anyone we pretty much look up to. But for me, they are my friends. Well, more like my best friends. My best friends consist of five amazing human beings. There's Michael, the one that wants to have a party or hang out just for the heck of it. Calls to see how you're doing or just to catch up. Very confident person. Alexis acts like a mother in our group, always checks if we're okay and if we need anything. Can make a friend out of anyone she meets. Orlando, well as we call him, Nano, the smartest person I know, the one that can handle anything that is thrown at him. Sweet and funny guy. Anissa, the girl I knew before birth because our parents were childhood friends and we ended up being four, born four days apart. The one that you can count on to give you an honest opinion. Trustworthy. And finally, Catherine. Oh, Catherine. The one no matter what will always somehow put a smile on your face, make you laugh, and always has a good vibe going. All around, joyful person. All together, that makes the six of us. This friendship came about when we entered the sixth grade. It was a small class, so everyone pretty much got to know each other really well, especially the parents, too. But for some reason, the six of us formed a friendship that we never thought would last. With this year being the 10th and still counting, we've been through so much in these past 10 years. We all have our individuality, but even though we're different in our own special ways. We're all very accepting of each other. My best friends didn't just help me through the hard times, they helped me become the person I am today. With my best friends, we've gone through experience from good to bad. We have our happy times more often than our bad. I will always love them unconditionally. They were, they were the ones that helped me realize that it's okay to be dif different. They helped me flourish from being a shy girl who once kept to herself and didn't have many friends at, to begin with. They helped me, f and then 
now to a young individual who isn't afraid to start a conversation. They all taught me that in the end, they will always have my back, as I will always have theirs. Time went on and I realized something was different about myself. I started having feelings for a girl. That maybe, or that maybe it was just in my head, I didn't know who to go to. So I went to my friend, Catherine, and talked to her about it. She honestly said, yes, that's okay to be having feelings for a girl. But she gave me some advice and maybe think about it more and maybe talk to the girl. So I took her advice and thought about it for a year or whatnot. And then I finally told myself that, yeah, I'm gay. I went back and told Catherine and I officially came out to her and then slowly came out to everybody else. The guys were the last ones I told because I was scared that since they're guys, they wouldn't be really accepting. Like, I know I shouldn't discriminate, but like they're guys. So <laughs> they were kind of harder to, to tell. But I was wrong. Nana was indifferent, and but Michael was almost ecstatic about the news. <laughs> uh, he said, now I could be, quote unquote, one of the guys. So my fear was honestly pointless. I should have known that they really meant that no matter what, they will always love me. My best friends were the first people I came to as gay. I believe if I didn't have this group, my of this group of people in my life, I wouldn't have ever came out. I honestly wouldn't even be comfortable enough talking about this today. In conclusion, my friendship with these amazing people have impacted my life I couldn't have ever imagined. I believe this quote by Jeremy Taylor pretty much sums the six of us up. My fr by friendship, you mean the greatest love, the greatest unselfishness, the most open communication, the noblest sufferings, the severest truths, the heartiest counsel, and the greatest union of minds of which brave men and women are capable of. Thank you. Good morning, my name is Ayo. I will be helping you today through computers and technology. My name is Ayo. My name is Ayo. I'll be saying you both through computers and technologies. Computers today, well, computers today were being were invented. Uh, they were being made. They were invented to make life easier and useful. Computers were said uh, the first old, uh, old computers seem to were not easier to use and make life. Uh, it make life. Uh, uh, more. It wasn't. Uh, uh, didn't make life more useful and uh, more more easier today. The first computer which uh, right here was invented in on March 8, 1955. It's called the Wild Wing Machine. It is the first digital computer with RAM on memory and real-time updating. It did take a whole room as you can see. It's a very big uh, computer. Well, but compared to the computer we have today, and right here it's small and can be easily carried around and it's, it's easy to use and it's, it's very fast it's faster than today than the computers which were invented previously technology also helped to make life easier because you can also have your phone which can be used you have to have phones which can be used uh, to get con connect with people from anywhere around the world quickly and easier as we can use our smartphones every day to chat with people we uh, we also have the first uh, we also have uh, typewriters. A typewriter uh, the typewriter which was used. Uh, not everyone today has actually used a typewriter because it uh, it was very old. I used a typewriter when I was growing up. It wasn't easy. Like you just uh, you just have to type. But when you type, any mistake you make is uh, you have to start all over again. Well, we have uh, this computer we have here today. You can easily edit your document right away when you make a mistake instead of starting over again. So this computer makes it easier to use, uh, easier to use and make uh, life faster today than what we have here today, than what we have previously. We also have uh, a phone which can be used. We also have online bank, online banking which can be used uh, to get and to transfer money uh, between people, between people easily and quickly. 
without it's a wasting time having to go all the way to the bank and send money. I use online banking to get money from um, my my friends and family overseas. We also have printers which make it easier to print today. Uh, previously, we thought we couldn't actually really print. We actually have to we had to use more of a black and white uh, uh, copies or heat transfer printing, which does take a lot of time. But today we have digital printers which help to make printing easier and you can print quickly. We also have Bitcoin, which is more of a digital currency, which makes it easier for people to actually get money. It's more of a digital currency, so like people who don't have uh, people who don't have access to uh, cash can easily make use of digital currency. Like not everyone is able to have money on time. So overall, technology can also make uh, can also make life to the easier in the city. This is this is a place in uh, it is a uh, place in state in the United States. It's uh, more of a smart city which has life all over, and it use it makes use of water and technology in order to make life more easier in the city, as you can see in the night, and makes technology easy. Overall, technology does technology does make life to be easier, as as, as it does have a lot of benefits for us um, individuals, as it makes more life to be more efficient, and and make uh, things to go faster. Thank you. Good. Okay. So today I will be paying a tribute to my father. Um, just a little uh, background information. He was born in Mexico. Um, he never really had much. Like when I say like come from nothing, like I can, I think I could safely say he actually came from nothing. He crossed the border um, 30 or so years ago with literally $50 to his name. So just to like, yeah, provide a little background information. Okay, so on April 11th of 2019, I was in my very first car crash. And if I could go back and change any day of my life, it would certainly be that one. Yes, I am a little traumatized from the accident. And yes, I may or may not be um, facing some legal troubles. But that isn't the reason why I would go back and change that specific day of them all. On April 11th was the day I crashed my dad's brand new car. So what, right? It's just a car and at least I'm okay. What many don't know is that to my dad, it wasn't just a car. It was his hardworking dedication represented in something tangible. Purchasing that brand new um, year 2019 car only five months ago was my father's very first selfish act in 30 or so year in the 30 or so years he has lived here. The first time he treated himself, the first time he thought, yeah, maybe I do deserve this and acted upon it. Coming from Mexico at 24 years old, from and with absolutely nothing, my father has put sweat, tears, and literally blood into being a husband and a father. Starting from the very bottom, he is the one person I know who has turned every impossible into a possible. And he is the reason we are all my family and I here. Starting from the bottom, he is the one person I know who, oh, sorry. From standing on his feet from 3 p.m. to 4 a.m. at work to being hospitalized twice for two different work-related reasons to walking around with a hole in his skin and the back of his knee. I'm sorry, that sounds a little nasty, but... <laughs> Um, after surgery, my father has always made sure he has given everything his everything in order to give us everything. The fact that he is, is the only provider of, he was the only provider of an income for in my family for years and years never met our needs or wants were not met. And this is because he has never put his needs nor his wants before those of his wife and his four daughters. Even if I, it meant having to put the longest hours of work in, and even if it meant never having the t chance to spoil himself, my father has truly given my mother and I, my mother and, and sisters his all. 
Everything he has needed to do in order to see a smile on our faces is what he has done. To conclude, my father is like no other, and I know for a fact that I will never come across someone so hardworking and so selfless. Although I am not sure when, I am determined to pay him back for the damage to his car with a brand new one, because, well, that is what is morally correct. But more importantly, however, because it is what he deserves. He deserves that and so much more for giving up his time, freedom, and well-being since he came to this country, all for his family. Dad, thank you, and I am so proud to be your daughter. Good morning. So my tribute speech is on giving thanks to our healthcare workers. According to Alexander Hall, a staff member from Pomona College, he states, a good healthcare professional is motiva motivated by a strong sense of professionalism. They have integrity and honor and are committed to upholding medicine's timeless values. This tribute speech is dedicated to our healthcare team who are saving lives on a daily basis, who are experts on treating patients, and they are the ones who care about a patient's physical and emotional needs. I am a woman who is part of the healthcare team who experience life-changing moments that the healthcare team provides for people. When you look up the term commitment, it talks about a pledge or a promise or an obligation to something. But the most important term that describes commitment is dedication. And that's what our healthcare team workers put in each day, the dedication toward their patients, the promise that they will do their best no matter what the situation is. Dedicating their time to strive to provide the best possible guidance and care for their patients. Most workers have to accept the fact that their social life sometimes needs to be their second choice when it comes to the needs of their patients. Without all this dedication and commitment, most of our health would be at risk. Most of us wouldn't have that extra guidance or support from someone if our healthcare workers weren't there. My experience in the healthcare team is exactly what I described. My days, are, my days at work are about meeting my patients' needs and knowing at the end of my shift that I have done my best and guided my, and guided my patients whenever they needed the guidance. But most of all, one important factor that I learned and got to experience in the recent year was priorita prioritizing. I had to learn how to prioritize which meant that yes, I did sacrifice those days where I wasn't able to put my social life in play first, but instead the needs of my patients first, or even my studies. And a few b years back, I didn't know this is what it takes to be part of the healthcare team until I had my foot in the door. But let me tell you, it was definitely worth it and rewarding. This right here is a symbol of seamless transition and continuity of care that is dedicated to our healthcare team workers. Our healthcare team workers are the backbone to our healthcare system and have profoundly changed many patients' outcomes. They built their courage for us. Many people in the healthcare team know that at one point in their life they're going to come across something very difficult and it will cause distress, but they do it, knowing that they have a patient's life in their hands and they do it for us. I don't think any of us would want to walk into a hospital or a doctor's office or even a clinic knowing that our nurse or a physician is hesitated to cure us or to guide us. They built all this courage and went through many years experience for us so they can be the best. So in conclusion, I wanted to give thanks to our healthcare workers. Whether you are a nurse or a doctor or a therapist, thank you for committing your time on a daily basis for some to change someone's life or to help guide people when they need it. Thank you for giving back to our community and continuing to promote health outside the workplace. And lastly, thank you for meeting our physical and emotional needs when we need the extra support. And I am personally thankful to be part of the healthcare team as it has taught me many life-changing experiences and hope to continue being part of it throughout the years. Thank you. As humans, we go through a lot in life, whether that's work, family drama, friend drama, the occasional existential crisis. There's a lot that we deal with. 
So what do we do when we need that help? For some people, my answer the grandparents, a best friend, a family member, or a, a coach, Lady Gaga, I don't know, whatever you need is. We need that emotional support. And though those might be the choices for some people, I think that's all incorrect. For me, it's caffeine. Today, I'm here to tell you all about the amazing gift that's been gifted to us from the heavens. Discovered in 1819, caffeine is described by online as a drug that stimulates our central nervous system. And when it reaches our brains, the first thing that we realize is the alertness that we feel. Most common forms of caffeine are coffee, tea, soft drinks, chocolate, ice cream, energy drinks, basically anything that brings me happiness in this world. <laughs> so I started drinking, like, for me, most notably the caffeine that I use is coffee my junior year, the day before my AP Gov test. And let me tell you, that was the best decision I ever made in my entire life. Um, since then, I drink a cup, if not more, every single day. And uh, recently, I've discovered the amazing product that is energy drinks and five-hour energy. And let me tell you, thank God. Um, most people would say I have a problem. I disagree. I can stop if I want to. I just don't want to. There's a difference. All right. So why is caffeine so important to me? It's the one thing that keeps me going every day. Um, sometimes I find it like really hard to sleep, whether that's from like stress or I've been on Twitter for way too long and I'm just like it's too late at that point. And when I wake up, I need that motivation just to get me through the entire day. And um, as much as I love seeing your faces every day, um, I still need that cup of coffee just to get me going. And I think we can all agree, like when you drink a coffee, like you feel that energy like rush through you. And even though I need a little bit more since I get used to it every day, it's still one of the greatest feelings every day. I um, the one of the greatest feelings I feel. Um, sorry. Some of you saying, "Mayar, you have a problem that is not healthy." Blah 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 blah. I hear it from my aunts and uncles every single day. Actually, I've discovered though, caffeine has been shown to have some health benefits. So it incre actually increases memory. So basically when I down two cups before a test, it's actually helping me retain the information. Um, I actually learned that it stimulates hair growth. So if I'm a hello hijabis, because our hair never sees the sun and it's thinning and our brothers make fun of it, actually the answer is caffeine. <laughs> um, it relieves pain associated with sleep loss. It relieves pain, uh, post-workout pain by 40%. Granted, I don't go to the gym, but if you're one of those health freaks, there's that. Um, it can protect against Parkinson's disease, it can help against Alzheimer's, and uh, it's been shown to be good for the heart. And if you don't believe me, you can go on www.caffeineinformer.com. So why did I choose caffeine out of all things to get tribute to? Because it helps me in a lot of sticky situations to get myself in. Forget to write an essay that's due at midnight, down a whole thing of monster, and you can get it done in an hour. Stayed up watching Game of Thrones and you can't keep your eyes awake to drive to school, Five hour drink is right there. Um, and actually helped me two weeks ago preparing for my persuasive speech. In 24 hours, I had five cups of coffee, a monster Red Bull, and a five hour drink. And let me tell you, I never felt more alive in my entire life. <laughs> Granted, it was 2 a.m. and I could feel myself like vibrating. <laughs> and I swear for a moment I had superpowers. It was amazing. <laughs> Granted, I don't remember anything from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m., but considering I'm still here, I'm not in jail, I think it went pretty well. So to conclude, I think you can all understand why caffeine has become so vital to my life. It's what helps me get through the day and prevents me from fighting every single person I meet. It's a constant in my life that I don't plan on giving up anytime soon because when anything else falls, off falls apart in my life, I can always count on my Keurig at the end of the day. Thank you. Yes, no, it's okay. Okay, can you guys hear me well? Okay. Good morning, everyone. So for those who don't know me, my name is Rama Diab. I am majoring in elementary education. This is my second year here at Moraine Valley. Majoring in elementary education, planning to transfer to Governor State University next fall. So since I am graduating next week, I thought what's not a better way to pay tribute to my Moraine Valley experience here at Moraine and talk a little about experiences and opportunities I had here on campus because um, in two years, I never really thought I would have those opportunities that I had here on campus, but I did, so um, I thought of talking about those. Second reason is because I've always been known as a school nerd in my family, so talking about school with them is like something that's 
very typical to them. So I wanted to talk about it with someone who is um, doesn't know, doesn't know me as well. So I relied on pictures, and a lot of people see might see it as if I'm bragging about my opportunities, but I'm not. I promise, I'm not. I'm just extremely proud of all the different opportunities here I had here on campus, and I relied on pictures because they simply speak more than words. And although I'll be talking about these pictures, I want you to get a visual of what I really had here on campus. Whether it's your first year here or second year here, or you're, if you're not as involved and you want to get involved, hopefully this will give you a little um, example of how being involved here on campus would um, look like. Um, so just a little background about me. Um, I've, been, I've been an active member of PTK, um, the Honors Program, Muslim Student Association, Arab Student Union, and the Student Library Advisory Board. So it's five clubs. Um, in addition to that, I am also a student employee here on campus. So I work at the Speaking and Writing Center in ca on campus here, which is like two minutes away from here. So if you ever need help in your writing, I got you. I can help you over there. Um, Okay, so I'm going to first start off with um, the opportunities I had. So I put a couple of pictures here. Um, so one that I really wanted to talk about is the speeches and standing up in front of people. I never thought I would have the opportunity to do something like that until I joined Arab Student Union, where I gave my an introduction speech at our Arab Student Union annual scholarship celebration, which was in front of like 150 people. I'm so surprised I did that, but I did. I'm also I also led a panel here in the library, which was also like a month ago in front of like six different classes here. So that was pretty amazing too. Um, I did a podcast with Muslim Student Association where we talked about our culture and religion here in the United States, uh, which was also really nice. Um, I got to learn how to record a podcast. So that's something nice here in the library. Um, I, I, I also talked at the New Zealand vigil that we did in Building You. So the New Zealand vigil, I'm pretty sure everyone had heard about it. I had the opportunity to talk about this. Um, also in front of a huge amount of people in Building You, which I also wasn't expecting, but it worked out really well for me. Um, I had the opportunity to win many, many awards, and I'm so grateful for them. Um, my most recent one, and I'm not trying to brag, I swear, I'm just like, very proud of everything that I've did because I really was expecting it, is the Student Leader of the Year that happened in the Student Life Awards Banquet um, this past Friday. And let me just say that although school at Marine just seems like you have to work hard and you have to work hard for your classes and get good grades, there's still fun in it. There's still fun. Joining these five clubs, although it was overwhelming, um, attending meetings, preparing for events, that moment on stage when I won that award was pretty amazing. I would not, like, this, like the, the moment when I was on stage and they announced my name is just, like, pretty amazing, and it really just makes you feel like it all pays off at the end. Like, yes, there's hard work, and yes, you have to study for your classes and get good grades, and if you know if you have a high GPA, but there's also fun at Moraine. There's so many different clubs and activities that you can join. And, you know, I never thought this would happen to me, but, you know, coming, he coming here, I was even sure what if I wanted to attend Moraine. But when I joined these clubs and meeting new people just helped me realize that, you know, I'm not the only one here. And if you're not, you, you know, like if you're undecided, when, then we can be all like undecided together. You're not the only one in here. And joining, pe joining these clubs and meeting new people helps you connect with people, learn different experiences, learn from their experiences too. Um, so this is just some of the opportunities I had. And then, I of, of course, I cannot pay tribute to the opportunities I had without paying tribute to all the people I met here in Maine, such as um, my professors, advisors, counselors. Yes, this is you, Mr. Jones. This is the selfie we took in class <laughs> when we were t uh, teaching you how to use Snapchat. <laughs> um, so again, like the people you meet here are just simply the true example of you know how hard work and going to school and hard work really pays off because the people I met have you know masters and PhDs, and they're the true reflection of what these people really want to do, and it's like to help you, and they work on campus because they know you and they want to help you all the time. Um, I got to meet six of the what I what I consider the most educated Arab American women here on campus, and this is a panel that we did. And I didn't know anything about these ladies. And when I met them, some of them had PhDs and masters, and I was like just honored of the fact that I met them. You know, um, so it was really amazing. My counselor has been like my number one like biggest supporter. Like her office served like a second home to me. 
I used to go to her office and like cry about my classes. Like it, it's it's amazing how like one person can really help you. And although um, you know it's school and stress, her office really served like a second home to me. Sometimes there's days where I would go to cry tears of happiness, and there's there's days I would cry tears of joy and uh, um, happiness in her office. She really um, has been amazing with me. My ASU advisor uh, has also been amazing. She has also supported me in everything I do. Um, also, my MSA advisors and Mr. Jones. I cannot forget you. You were awesome. You're just awesome. And um, the I think like the love you have and the dedication, the commitment you have to help your students is uh, is amazing. And I think we can all see that in his class. In his class. So to conclude, I wanted to pay tribute to Marine Valley because those past two years have been pretty hectic and amazing. And I will cherish this memory forever. I know for a fact I will cry tears of joy when I leave Marine next week. But it's bittersweet, and there's always good opportunities waiting for you. Thank you. Ah, my girlfriend. <laughs> I want to pay tribute to the moment. When you walk away from this beautiful library and you walk outside, I want you to watch the trees grow. I want you to look into the sky and realize that the sky is blue when the sun is out. And when the sun is not out, it is not blue. What has this moment done for you? Have you looked at yourself? And when your mother tells you to take the garbage out, have you put your shirt on correctly? Have you combed your hair? Have you looked at your friend and said to your friend, why are you bothering me? Have you gone to the grocery stores and bought raisins and forgot the milk that your mother told you to bring home? Why are you in school if you don't want to go to the cafeteria and eat a cheeseburger and have french fries to go along with the beautiful Coca-Cola. These are the things that we let slip by on a daily basis. We are in a moment of change. We want to go and look outside and see the world for what it really is, a mess. <laughs> and we want to change it. We want to be great. Troy Swanson, when I first came here as a freshman, you were a professor here. And you changed my life when you told me to stop wearing blue socks with red shoes. These are the things that we must learn. I'm out of here. 